This morning I want to share from Mark uh, chapter 4, listening to the king of creation. When we take our journeys of understanding, we usually end up in Galilee, and it's really fun uh, to float around on the Sea of Galilee. Somebody gets to be captain for the day and raise the colors. And then you can even stand strong, Texas strong, on the Sea of Galilee. And if you look like squint, yes, that flag really does say Lukenbach. And we didn't bring that flag with us. They had that on that boat. Incredible. <laughs> and you can even learn uh, to cast a net, you know, just like Simon Peter. It's really fun. Or you can just, you can just drift along and you can wonder about Jesus and the stories that we read. And uh, right now in Mark about Jesus being on this sea and his ministry around this sea and like he walked on this water and your imagination just can kind of go wild. The only thing you don't want to be, you just don't want to be on that sea if there's a storm. The reason for that is that the Sea of Galilee is the lowest freshwater lake on the earth. It's 700 feet below sea level. It's 32 miles around. I remember the first time we visited Kathy and she lived in Tiberias. One of the friends says, well, let's go drive around the Sea of Galilee. And I just thought, well, okay, we're going to just kind of drive around the Sea of Galilee. Well, we drove around the Sea of Galilee. You can do that in like less than an hour. I didn't realize that. It's 13 miles long, north to south. It's 12 miles wide, east to west. And it's, it's got a history of very violent storms. The reason for that is that you're in this Jordan River rift and there's steep hills on both sides and to the north is Mount Hermon, which is snow-covered sometimes. And you have this cooler air that starts you know, circulating down from the hills, colliding with the warm air in the lake basin. And then you're not that far from the Mediterranean Sea, so if the wind is blowing from the Mediterranean Sea, it travels through the valleys of the Galilean hill country, which run east to west. And so then that kind of collides and sweeps down the western slope, stirring up storms. But the, the worst storms come from the other side. So from the Golan Heights, it's, it would almost be the nor'easters that come down the eastern slope onto the Sea of Galilee. That causes the worst storms. Well, you know that Jesus sometimes got caught in a storm. And that's what Mark 4 is about. So let's read together. If you have a Bible, you're welcome to, to open it or you can read along with me from the screen. Mark 4, 35 to 41. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, them being the twelve disciples, let's go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But Jesus was in the back, the stern, asleep on a pillow, a cushion. And they woke him up and said, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? He woke up, 
because they woke him up. He rebuked the wind. He said to the sea, peace, be still. And in that moment, the wind stopped. There was a dead calm. And I would interject as he's laying back down. And I just picture his eyes are already closing. He says, why why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Then I think he drifted off back to sleep and they were filled, they, the twelve, were filled with great awe, great fear, literally, a reverence. And they said to one another, probably now a little hushed tones because Jesus has fallen back asleep. They just woke him up. Who then is this? That even the wind and the sea, literally, listen to him. The evidence of their listening is their obedience to him. Now, on that day, in the story of Mark, that day has been a very long day of teaching. If you back up to the beginning of chapter 4, this is like one continuous story. The whole chapter is one story. Again, Jesus began to teach beside the sea. Sea of Galilee by Capernaum. And such a very large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat on the sea. He sat there while the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. So it's on that day. And Jesus is in that boat. And he's been teaching all day long. And it's, if you start reading it with that perspective, he has these moments. Maybe they broke for lunch and he stayed on the boat and they had lunch. And he kind of visited in private with the disciples. But the whole thing... Again, I'd love for you to go back and read it. The whole theme is it's so important to listen. Because Jesus is delivering to humanity this incredible announcement. The time is complete. We have moved to a point in human history that God has said, it is done. I'm going to do something different. And the announcement is the kingdom of God has drawn near Repent, believe this. This is good news. And that's, that's the word that Jesus is trying to project so that people hear it. And the whole, the whole drift of that whole chapter is Jesus working really hard to the point of exhaustion that people would hear this announcement. Now going over to the other side means they're moving from the northern shore over to the eastern shore. And I found this quote that I thought was helpful. In Yeshua, Yeshua's Jesus, in Yeshua's day, the shore of the Galilee was divided into two major population areas. We, we, Yeshua, that would be Jews. We Jews, we lived on this side, the northern, western side And they, they, the Gentiles, lived on that side, the other side, the side that Jesus says, let's go to that side. Let's leave our side and go to that side. And if we, Jews, went to their, that side, their side, then we would be ceremonially defiled because that's where Gentiles live. Also, this shoreline 
was divided into four political zones controlled by the leaders appointed by Rome called Tetrarchs. And so they're going to move through these zones. Matter of fact, Levi collected tax for one of those Tetrarchs. They're going to the territory of another Tetrarch. That could be interesting in the story. And all of a sudden, in this evening, hey, let's go to the other side. There's these hurricane gale winds that begin to howl. It's not, I mean, it wasn't going to take them a long time. I mean, you could see the other side. And the, the waves begin to batter the boat. The boat begins to fill up with water. And then fear just starts taking over. Now, again, I'm reading between the lines. And you don't, don't, you don't have to agree with me at all about this, but I'm just trying to be there. Personally, I, don't, I think Peter and his brother, Andrew, and James and John, they're the four fishermen. I, I'm going to think because they're fishermen, they're manning the boats. They're trying to figure out. I mean, they've been in a storm before. But I'm thinking about Levi, the land lover, the tax collector. One, he might be, hey, yeah, Jesus, you know, you're, we're, we're supposed to pay a tax. You know, remember, I, I was collecting tax for Herod Antipas in, in my, you know, we're, I mean, people, yeah, the way they get around it, they, they go to the other side by the sea. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking that maybe Levi's a little nervous about, you know, not paying the tax. But at the same, he's not a sailor. And I'm thinking he's holding on. So what? I mean, we, we're going to drown. As Peter and Andrew and James, I mean, they're, they're riding the waves. They've been in a storm before. And to add insult to injury, Jesus is asleep in the back. I thought he's the leader. He's in the back of the boat. And he's got his head on a pillow. He's asleep. Now, I want to make some suggestions from this account of what it's like following Jesus. Now, these are all possibilities. There's no guarantee that this is going to be it for us, but these are all the things that come out of this story for us to consider. One, Jesus can ask us to follow him after a really long and full day of ministry. At the evening, when everybody wants to go home, we want to get off of this boat, we want to go home, it's time to be with our families, it's time to rest. Jesus says, let's go to the other side. Jesus can ask us to set sail without any preparation or provision. I mean, this is like a spontaneous, hey, let's go to the other side after this full day of fishing. Let's not go home, clean up, get a bag packed, get some snacks, and then let's go to the other side. Let's just go to the other side this evening. Very spontaneous. It can mean that for us. Jesus can lead us, us from our side to them, On the other side, he can do that. And he can lead us across these political boundaries. That's what he's doing. He can lead us places where others that are looking at what? They're defiled. 
They're unclean hanging out with those Gentiles. Jesus, I don't like this one. Jesus can lead us into a storm. Did you notice when I was talking about the storms, the storms tend to come off the Golan Heights. The worst storms come. Guess what direction they're going? Toward the Golan Heights. You know what else? I would say in the evening, there's probably a storm on the horizon. (laughs) I, I don't think that that storm just, bam. I think there probably was some warning signs. And they're heading right into the storm. Where the worst storms come, that's where Jesus is leading the twelve. And it can seem at times when people follow Jesus that he doesn't care. And we feel like we're dying, we're perishing, we're drowning here. And he sometimes leads from the back of the boat and he's asleep. Those are all potentials. I, I'm, I'm not saying that, that you know, our, our life of following Jesus can be that dramatic. But I can say this. I know that following Jesus is always an adventure. Matter of fact, I think it's the best adventure in life. And it can lead us places we don't want to go at times when we don't want to go. At times when we feel like he's leading us the wrong direction. But it does lead us to this question, who, who is this? Who is this? That even the wind and the sea listen to him. And that's the tag. That's what Mark is connecting that to the whole chapter. This is the very appropriate conclusion to this chapter. The sea and the wind listen. And the evidence of their listening is they obey his commands. When Jesus Even sleepy Jesus (laughs) stands up and says, be quiet and be still. The wind and the sea obey him because he's the king of the universe. Jesus' questions, literally, why, why why are you being so cowardly? Why are you being so timid? Don't don't you believe yet? Don't don't you believe in this announcement that God is doing something different on the earth? That there's good news? That I'm the king on the earth? I mean, who then is this? He's the one... We really need to listen to. We really need to listen to whatever Jesus is announcing. Whatever Jesus is saying. Whatever response Jesus is asking us to listen to and to obey. We really need to listen to him. That's what these 12 learned. Whoa. We need to listen and we need to obey that's the adventure of following Jesus I do believe 
that most of the time we have a tendency to resist listening to Jesus. Most of the time there is something within us that kind of clicks. I'm not sure I want to obey. I think we go back to these events and we realize Jesus has a way to remind us of who he is, why we would listen, and why why we would obey. So I'd like you to stand with me on this rainy, stormy, thunder, lightning kind of morning. Let's just take a moment... In our imagination, let's just imagine we're on that boat with Jesus. The wind is howling. The waves (laughs) are coming over the sides of the boat. The boat is filling up with water. The seamen are doing their best to keep the boat on course. Fear begins to rise up. We're close to drowning. Jesus, it is amazing to think that when you lead us, the, the, the possibilities of adventure are endless. So I thank you for this history, this history that is ours, this history of people following you. And I thank you that the bottom line is that these first 12 followers learned the value of listening and listening to you to the point of obeying you. And my prayer has been for us as we've been traveling through Mark 4 that we as a community of people would truly increase both the value that we place on listening to you and also that you, that you would somehow help us to increase our capacity to listen to you. And now the bottom line is that we would listen to you to the, to the point of obedience. Jesus, what are, you, what are you inviting us to listen to that would result in a step of obedience for us individually, as families, and as a community? Jesus, I believe that you created this scene for these disciples so that they could get to a place of, wow, We really need to listen to Jesus and we really need to do what he's telling us to do. And so, Jesus, I have to believe that there is some way that you're doing something similar to us. So what I'd really just like all of us to do is just just take a moment to consider what has Jesus been asking you to do and you've been resisting?
And I wonder if just this, this portrait, this picture that we've received out of the story of Jesus' life, I wonder if, if that could convince us to lay down that resistance and to say, Jesus, we're listening. And Jesus, forgive us for resisting what you've asked us to do. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would empower us to a place of decision that we wish to be obedient to the King of the universe, the one who says to the storm, be quiet, be still. Finally, Jesus, thank you for the adventure of following you. Thank you for the endless possibilities of where you can lead us and where we can go to announce your your arrival and the arrival of your good news. In your name we pray. Amen. So enjoy a stormy day. Thank you for our morning together.